Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be episode number 51, for what it's worth. This is going to be a short episode. I am still in the midst of this other project that I am working on, and boy, is it a uh, it's a real bear. Let's just put it that way. And it, it, it occupies my time day and night, it seems, uh, in some regard. And uh, during the week, I, I do my full-time job. Thank goodness I still have that. And then on the weekends, I am working this other project because it's a time-sensitive project. It just can't be put off. So has to be done. So this podcast, unfortunately, has been kind of backburnered for a time. Uh, as I mentioned previously, it should be it should ease up in the month of May. Everything should be slowly returning to normal, approximately May time frame. So last two uploads, I haven't had any uh, new content, and honestly, we missed a Thursday broadcast altogether. I didn't even get a chance to upload a Best Of podcast on Thursday. There's reasons for that. Uh, hopefully, I, I've, and that may be the case again this next week. I don't know. It depends on a few things, but it's it's probably going to be the case this next week as well, probably. And there's not really much I can I can do about that. I'll try to maybe upload a best of, but uh, I don't know if I'll get to that. I, I'll see if I can schedule one. Uh, that way I don't have to worry about it. Uh, it's just, uh, I'll put it in the hopper probably about the same time I upload this one, and then hopefully it just auto-uploads and it's good to go. So on this episode, this is really, this episode is meant to serve two purposes. Number one, to let you know that the podcast is still alive and rolling. I do intend to return to it 100%. I'm not going to give up on this thing. And also just to let you folks know that I am still alive, that the uh, the rumors of my death are greatly exaggerated, to uh, quote a famous uh, famous man from a long time ago. And that is a joke, by the way. I didn't I didn't suspect that anybody uh, thought that I dropped off the face of the planet or anything, but you never know. Uh, somebody might think to think to themselves, is that Roman character still alive, or did he finally uh, kick the bucket and the podcast is no longer no longer going to happen? No, it's still going to happen. I'm still here for now. The world has decided not to not to take me yet, so uh, not to take me out. That is, so I am still here. So yes, we'll still continue to do the podcast. So on this episode, you know, as a short form podcast, I I kind of have to come up with a a topic that. Because I don't have time to do research right now or do my markups, my notes, my my a lot of my work that leads into a, a letters podcast, I have to find an interesting topic to talk about until we can get back to doing the until I can get back to doing my research and forming up the long form podcast, which again should start to happen again about May timeframe. So on this episode, I wanted to talk about what the founding fathers did. And is it appreciated in our time? And when, if not, then when will it be appreciated? This is something that really rings around in my head every once in a while. When I think about what the Founding Fathers did, most prominently I think of the Declaration of Independence, actually. I don't think of the Constitution as much as I think of the Declaration. And there's reasons for that. Uh, the Constitution is fungible. What does that mean? It means it's flexible. The Declaration is not. The Declaration cannot be amended. It can't be changed. It can't be altered. It is what it is. It might as well be written in stone. I don't think it ever has been written in stone, by the way, the actual words of the Declaration. If I, I'll tell you what, though, if I have any money left when I'm dead, uh, if I anticipate having any, any money left over, then one of the things I very well may do is leave in my last will and testament uh, some kind of a plan to have the Declaration of Independence etched in stone and placed somewhere. 
I'm not making this up. I don't know if I'll I don't know if I'll have the funds to get around to it. It's kind of like uh, the Georgia Guidestones type situation, except the Georgia Guidestones are very disturbing to read, and they were clearly uh, created by a man who was very disturbed, emotionally imbalanced, and totally misguided. In my humble opinion, some people may disagree with me. You may think, "Oh, those Georgia Guidestones—they're very well intentioned." Uh, well, I don't know. The, 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 what did they say about the about good intentions? The path to Hades is paved paved with good intentions, something along those lines. But something like that, except again, not quite as disturbed and not quite as lunatic as the Georgia Guidestones. But uh, just etch the Declaration of Independence in stone and place it somewhere. That's how much I appreciate the Declaration of Independence. And. The, this concept, it should be written in stone, but is, is it appreciated in our time? I don't think so. Oh my gosh, Roman, what are you saying? Are you saying that the 320 million Americans, not a single one of them appreciates the Declaration? I think some of them appreciate the Declaration. I'm not saying that nobody appreciates it. When I say it's not appreciated in our time, I mean in the aggregate. As a society, when you look at it, when you look at the overall mood, the overall disposition of the society... I don't see the Declaration of Independence being appreciated, and I'm going to elaborate on that over the summer months. Uh, I have I have an episode planned, maybe a couple episodes planned down the line. Yes, I do actually plan these things ahead. I, I think ahead to what I'm going to do, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later on, but I, I can tell. I can tell by casting a glance at society, and I've been around for a while. I wasn't born yesterday. I wasn't born 20 years ago or even 30 years ago. It was longer ago than that, and I've been watching this country for some time. I'm an observant person by my nature, always have been, and I can, I, I believe in my bones that this country, in the aggregate, again, does not appreciate the Declaration. I do, and I know a lot of listeners to this podcast do, otherwise you probably would not be listening to this podcast. I knew that in the beginning. I didn't set out to do a popular podcast. I knew that going into this. I didn't do this to be to, to make a popular podcast. I did it because I knew that there were people out there who would appreciate the Declaration of Independence and things like it in our time, and I think that we need to have a discussion about how we feel about that, people like us, and what we think about it, and what we think about what they did, and who these people really were. So yes, there's definitely those of us who do appreciate the Declaration of Independence, and like I've mentioned before, I have a copy of it hanging on my wall in my residence. I have for many years, many, many years have I had a copy of that thing, and I, I thoroughly enjoy having a copy of it on my wall. I recommend that you do as well if you don't already. Maybe you haven't thought about that before having a copy of it on the wall. I think I think it sends a message, especially if you have children in the house. I think it says a message that that document is important enough you actually went out and bought a copy of it, put it in a frame, and hung it on your wall. Actions speak louder than words. And when you when you can tell your children and you can tell your friends and your family that the Declaration of, Declaration of Independence is important all day long, but when they see it on your wall, then they know that you think it's important, because that took some time and some money. You know, I definitely don't think it's appreciated in our time. I do believe it was appreciated in the time of the Founding Fathers. These things have, a, you know, kind of a reverse parabola effect. In the beginning, a parabola, if, you, if you're curious what I mean by that, if you've ever seen like a bell curve type situation, you know, it, it kind of, uh, it arcs, you know, upward and then plateaus and then goes downward. Um, in this case, it would be like a reverse parabola, flip it upside down, where in the beginning, you have this level of appreciation for the, the Declaration of Independence, and then it goes down, 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 until you get to about our time, probably, or maybe a little bit later on. I think it'll, I think it'll become less and less appreciated during my lifetime, and then eventually it will start to go upward. People will start to appreciate it. And I th how long is that going to take? How long is it going to take for this country to 
return to a place where the Declaration of Independence is appreciated in, in, in somebody's time. And honestly, I don't know that it'll ever happen in this country. Uh, this country will probably be long dead by the time the Declaration of Independence is fully appreciated. Again, it's probably going to be about a thousand years from now. I'm ballparking it. Or maybe 500 years from now, something like that. It's going to be probably a long time. Now, why do I say that? Number one, I'm a cynical man. I don't like to say that I'm a pessimist, but I'm definitely a cynical man. Now, what's the difference between a pessimist and a cynical man? Honestly, a pessimist is what I would describe as a white flag American, somebody who gives up. You know, they they see they see the problems on the horizon or they see the problems around them, and then they just raise the white flag of surrender, crawl into a dark corner and start sucking their thumb and watching Netflix, by the way. A cynical individual doesn't quit, doesn't give up, most of the time. That was like a John Adams character. I've talked about this before, the character of John Adams. He was a cynical man. I firmly believe that based on everything I've read from the man and things. Uh, other historians seem to agree with that. Not everybody, but I'll, I've heard a lot of historians talk about that when it comes to John Adams. And I, I, I think he was cynical, not pessimistic, because again, he never quit. He didn't give up. You know, in the darkest days of the American Revolution, he was a passionate, passionate supporter of the revolution, and he would never give up, never surrender. That man would uh, die with a copy of the Declaration in his cold, dead fingers before he gave up. And that's me. So when I say that it's probably never going to be appreciated in my lifetime, that doesn't mean that I quit, give up, start sulking in a corner, sucking my thumb, crying myself to sleep at night, raise the white flag, and just retreat to a dark corner where I watch Netflix all the time. I'm going to continue to do things like this podcast. I'm going to continue to have the Declaration of Independence on my wall, and I'm going to continue to be an advocate for it. And I'm not going to quit. And that's kind of the attitude that I would expect every American to have. Unfortunately, it's just not, uh, that's not the case. There's a lot of people who really do like the Declaration. They support it, the ideals in the Declaration, but they've given up. And that, that's kind of a sad commentary, you know, because there are, there are people who went through a lot harder times than we, we are going through now that never gave up. There were people who were walking barefoot in the snow in combat conditions during the Revolutionary War, ill-equipped, half-freezing to death, watching people die around them from exposure, from dysentery, etc. They didn't quit. I mean, is that is that, I mean, for all those people out there who are giving up on the declaration in our time, have you lived that kind of life? Have you walked barefoot in the snow in combat conditions, nearly dying from exposure, watching your friends die of dysentery and getting their head blown off by a cannonball? I kind of doubt it. Not too many Americans actually ever really experience something like that. So why are why are they giving up? Why are these people giving up? Why do people give up on the declaration and don't appreciate it? You know, it's honestly, I think it's um, I think it's just ingrained in some people to just retreat from the fight. Uh, in the de in the Revolutionary War, you know, they called it the uh, the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot, right? To quote Thomas Paine, common sense. Uh, there's a reason why he wrote about that. He had, a, he, I think, he had a particular disdain for the summer soldier and the sunshine patriot. But this is even worse than that. Nobody's asking anybody in this country to go out on the march and to get shot at by British soldiers. Nobody's asking anybody to do that. Why are they still giving up? Why are, why are, why have we given up on the Declaration of Independence? Why don't we appreciate it in our time? You know, I don't know what the real answer to that question is. I think it's, I think it's that, you know, history doesn't get taught anymore. It's not appreciated. We've talked about this before. History is a, a back burner subject. You know, I was reading an article recently, uh, about a particular city in the United States. And I don't know if I want to name the city. It's on the East Coast. Shock of shocks. Uh, it's an East Coast city, and in the article, it was said that 70-plus percent of the student population in the high school there could not read at a high school level. They were reading at an elementary school level, 77 percent. And over 40 percent of people in a local high school there, 40-plus percent, had a 1.0 or lower GPA. Now, 
how in the world is that possible in the public school system? Well, like I've said before, you know, there's some public schools out there that are actually pretty decent, and then there's others that are a big steaming pile of crap. And obviously this particular uh, school district is the big steaming pile of crap in the country. Uh, and it's not the only one, it's just one of the big ones. Uh, it's got a particularly odious smell to it. And the children are greatly, you know, failed by this particular school system. Do you think any of those kids understand history? I mean, honestly, even in the best school district in this country, the best, the best of the best, the cream of the crop, I guarantee you most kids don't have the first clue what the heck is going on when it comes to history, studying history and understanding it, because it's a back burner subject. And when you don't teach it, it's really hard to appreciate the Declaration of Independence. It really is, because you don't understand how dark a world that those people were living in, and how how ambitious the Declaration of Independence truly was. Because, you know, people alive today are really just stuck they, they revel in their own mind. They're stuck inside their own head. Because that's what happens when you don't study history. That's why I refer to these people as dangerous people. They live really inside their own head. And whatever goes on inside of there is the limit of their existence. And they don't bring with them the wisdom of the ages that came before them. From the Greeks to the Romans. Heck, the Egyptians even. Who experienced, I mean, the Egyptians, I mean, the Egyptian, I mean, the, the ancient Egyptians experienced you know, thousands of years of history before they were ever, you know, really kind of quashed by the Greeks, eventually the Romans, and then subsequent other empires that kind of came and went. But they, they carry no wisdom of, of these people around with them. They don't ever try to acquire wisdom. And acquiring wisdom should be the great struggle of a person's life, is trying to acquire wisdom. Instead, it's, um, a lot of other things, but it's definitely not wisdom. And when you don't teach that, when a society decides we're not going to teach that anymore, you're probably not going to have any appreciation for the people who came before you, because you can't possibly understand the things that they went through, or what they were trying to accomplish. It's easy to, you know, sit back and Monday morning quarterback the things that went wrong. They do like to do that, because they like to elevate themselves. There's kind of a natural instinct that people have to try to elevate themselves over other people. So that, I think that's why people in this country today focus so much on the negative parts of history of the United States instead of the positive, because they use it as a lever to elevate themselves over the people that came before. And they do that because they're trying to rationalize not studying history. Why, Roman, whatever do you mean? Well, when you just regard everybody who came before you as being terrible, hateful, etc., etc., makes it real easy to ignore them, doesn't it? Not listen to anything that they had to say, not study the history. It's basically how somebody rationalize, rationalizes being stupid. That self-imposed stupidity that I talk about. They rationalize it by saying, well, you know, those, those, those old people from back in the day, they've got nothing to teach me because I'm better than them. Because there was all these things wrong with those people. I don't need to learn from those people. I'm just going to revel in my own mind. I'm going to wander around in the neighborhood that is my mind, and I'm, not gonna, I'm never going to leave. I'm never going to broaden my horizons. I'm never going to acquire wisdom, except the, the wisdom that I find in the dark corners of my mind. And that, that, in part, is why the Declaration of Independence is not appreciated in our time. I think it will be, I think it will be again eventually, though. And the reason why I think it will be again eventually is because, you know, these kinds of things always eventually get appreciated for what they, what they are. You know, kind of like the, uh, you know, the Roman Republic, you know, I, I think the Roman Republic was definitely not appreciated in its time, but once Nero and, and Caligula and those boys really came around and started doing the god-awful things that they did, I'm pretty sure there were some people sitting around thinking to themselves, wow, I really wish we, uh, didn't live in a tyranny. Uh, maybe it would be better if we had uh, st stuck around as a republic 
you know, with the uh, the Roman Senate kind of riding roughshod over these wannabe tyrants, you know, and dreaming of the glory days when tyrants were stabbed to death on the Senate floor like they should be. Maybe maybe at that point the Roman Republic was actually appreciated for what it was. But back when uh, Julius Caesar and uh, his boys were, were on the march, it really wasn't appreciated. Otherwise, they would have saved it. They would have kept it, right? It takes time for people to realize how good things really are. You know, a lot of times societies have to take the nosedive off the edge of the cliff and, and get to a place where they're really bad before people look back and go, oh my gosh, it actually really was good back then. Hopefully, you know, there develops an appreciation for the Declaration of Independence and the things around it uh, before that happens. Hopefully that, that is the case. I have some hope that that will be the case. You know, and partly doing this podcast is, is, a, is, is how I try to encourage people to be optimistic about it. And to, to think about the Declaration again and the, the people who actually wrote it and fought for it, you know, grab onto that and, and perpetuate it. Perpetuate that mission. Keep it alive. You know, we have to keep this history alive. You know, history, history can't be allowed to, to fade away and be forgotten, you know, because, uh, again, it's, it's hard to make accurate decisions or good decisions, I should say, if you don't have any context for making the decision. And if you don't understand history, there's no context to your decision making. There just isn't. It's just, you know, the blind leading the blind. And when you're talking about societies and civilizations, especially in a world as dangerous as ours, that's incredibly foolish. Incredibly foolish. So again, you know, if you haven't read the Declaration of Independence recently, I would recommend it. Of course, we have our episodes. There's two episodes that we have on this podcast of the Declaration of Independence uh, where we actually go through it and we read it. And I, I, kinda, I talk about it as we go. I break it off into sections, and I, I read a little bit here and talk about it, and then read a little bit more and talk about it. If you want to go back and listen to that, uh, please do if you haven't. Uh, or if you just want to revisit it again, you can. Now, the Constitution is another thing entirely. Like I said, the Constitution is fungible. Uh, that's why we have amendments, by the way. That, that is a very real-world demonstration of the, the Constitution being fungible. That is to say, changeable. And... Do people appreciate the Constitution in our time? No. Just like the Declaration, they don't. Again, in the aggregate. I do, and I know a lot of you folks do. I mean, I've talked about the, the Second Amendment, the Third Amendment, the Eighth Amendment, and the First Amendment. Those are probably the amendments that I talk about the most. And, and there's reasons for that, because those amendments in particular are the most abused, the most forgotten, the most neglected, the most attacked of all the amendments. Now, the Third Amendment, I mean, not so much. I mean, honestly, and by the way, that, that amendment has to do with the quartering of troops, and somebody might ask, you know, oh my gosh, Roman, what are you saying? Are you saying we're quartering troops now? Do you think the Third Amendment's being attacked? Not exactly. I, I do believe that the Third Amendment has a spirit to it. It's not just what's written in the words. It's the spirit of that amendment. Now, what was the spirit of that amendment? We've talked about it a lot. And that is to say the Founding Fathers were very suspicious of a standing army. That is written all through the Third Amendment, even though those words are not really there. Now, I'm not trying to say that, you know, you can read more into the into the amendments than what's actually written on the page. I'm not saying that. Uh, the Supreme Court does a lot of making stuff up about the amendments to the Constitution, and I'm not going to participate in that. But there is a big difference between me and the Supreme Court, and that is, number one, I'm not I'm not driven by—how mm, do I say this? I'm not driven by ideological lunacy, and I'm not driven by my own personal ambition. I'm driven by just what did these people really intend to do? And when I read the Third Amendment to the Constitution, I, I think to myself, I think about all the times that I've read and the times that we've read on this podcast. We have talked about this a lot on this podcast. The Founding Fathers were clearly very suspicious of a standing army. They did not like them. 
and they didn't like them for very good reason. And when I read the Third Amendment, I see that in my head over and over and over again. I'm not making it up. That's real. It's part of the instruction manual that comes with the Constitution. And if you haven't been listening to recent episodes of the podcast, somebody might ask the question, Why Roman? What do you mean the instruction manual that came with the Constitution? I don't I don't remember there being any instruction manual that came with the Constitution of the United States. Well, the letters that we're reading are the instruction manual. I'm dead serious. The Constitution is very brief and it's very short, and thank goodness it is. It's not written like, um, my gosh, the, the terms and conditions to using your cell phone service are longer than the, the United States Constitution. And you think to yourself, how in the heck did they manage that? How did the Founding Fathers manage to keep that document that governs an entire nation, a union of states, so brief? And the answer is, they were brilliant. And But to, under, to un- really understand the context of it all, because it's so brief, you have to go back to the letters and understand the motivations. That's why I say the Third Amendment is under attack in some regard. It's, it, there, is, there is definitely, uh, there, the country is no longer suspicious of a standing army, and that's a problem. The country should be always suspicious of a standing army, and I say that as, as somebody who, who looks upon the military of the United States quite fondly. I grew up around it. You know, there, there were times in my life, you know, when I walked out the front door of my residence as a child, I saw people walking around in military uniforms all over the place because I lived on an army base. I lived on post. So it's the military is very comfortable for me. It's very easy for me to get comfortable around the military, around the concept of the United States Army and the other branches of the military for that matter, because I grew up around it. It's, it's been a part of my life since I was born. But even then, it is my duty as an American citizen, as the Founding Fathers were, to be suspicious of a standing army. And I never forget my duty, my responsibility in that regard. So yes, the Third Amendment of the United States has definitely slipped through the cracks. At least the intention behind it has slipped through the cracks. The First Amendment too, the Second Amendment we've talked about, it's definitely not appreciated in our time because, frankly speaking, the American people have gotten fat and lazy. There I said it. I'll say it one more time loud and proud just so I can upset somebody out there, you know, who's going to, who I, I call some of these folks who listen to this podcast drive-by listeners. That is to say, they, they kind of cruise into the podcast and they realize that, oh my gosh, this guy's actually defending the Constitution, the Declaration. How dare he? How dare he defend those documents? Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, the American people have gotten fat and lazy and comfortable. And when you get fat, lazy, and comfortable, you tend to forget how dangerous the world really is. Now, if you're living in Ukraine, you remember exactly how dangerous the world really is. Isn't that interesting? But even watching that from afar, the American people, not everybody, again, not me, probably not you, but a lot of people out there, even watching what's going on in Ukraine, watching what goes on in places like Myanmar, Burma, whatever you want to call it, they get fat and lazy and they think, well, it can't happen here. So they attack the Second Amendment to the United States because they're fat, comfortable, and lazy, and they think it can't happen here. Well, newsflash, one more time, loud and proud. It can happen here. It has happened here before. Oh my gosh, Roman, whatever do you mean? You already mean it's happened here before. How dare you? How dare you say that it's happened here before? Do you remember the Revolutionary War? The thing that we've been talking about for several months now? That, that happened here. That didn't happen in some faraway land. It didn't happen in mythology. It was, it's, it's not like the, uh, the Battle of Troy, which some people debate whether it really happened or it didn't really happen. I think it really happened, but some people think it's mythology. This is not mythology. It happened 200, 200 years ago, 250 years ago. It's real. Our government at the time, which just happened to be the British Empire, that was our government. Ours. That's our government right there. Just because we have a new government now doesn't mean that our government in 1775 didn't do what they did. They did. They did do what they did, which was declare war on their own people. That was us. 
That was our people. Those were our ancestors, even if you weren't born here. Even if, you, even if your family doesn't go back that far in this country, it doesn't matter. If you call yourself an American, if you claim to be a part of this land, that's your heritage. And if you, if you don't think that's your heritage, if you don't think that's a part of you, then you're not an American. Congratulations. And I, honestly, I don't care if you were born here. I don't care if your grandparents, great-grandparents, I don't care if you've been here for 10 generations. If you don't think that's your heritage, you're not an American. You don't believe in it, you don't support it, you don't accept it, you're not an American. Congratulations. But that was, that was us. That was our government declaring war on us. And we decided that that wasn't okay, so we formed a new government. And that's in the Constitution. And no, it's not appreciated in our time. Because again, nobody remember, how many people remember this? How many people understand that conceptually? That our government, the British Empire, attacked us with regular military soldiers marched out into the countryside to kill us, to murder us, to take our property. Our government did that at the time. Now, like I said, we have a new government. Thank goodness they don't do that. And let's hope that never happens again. We got a constitution in place to try to prevent that kind of thing. We've got 50 different states with 50 different constitutions to try to prevent that thing, to act as a bulwark against tyranny. And it's worked so far. That's the beauty of the system. Is it appreciated in our time? Absolutely not. That's why the First Amendment is under attack. People don't like what some people say. They think, oh, it's hate speech. You can't say that. We need, to, we need to silence these people over here. I've said it before on this podcast. Very controversial thing to say. Hate speech is free speech. I know that doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. I know it upsets your delicate sensibilities. It doesn't make me feel comfortable either hearing some of the crap that I have to listen to in this country. Frankly speaking, some of it makes my blood boil. But it's free speech, after all. And you can't start silencing one, one group of people because once you start, it never stops. Eventually, you will silence everybody in one form or another. You can't say this. You can't say that. Then it turns into a, a nonstop battle within a country to try to shut one group of people up and then the next group and then the next group and then the next group. You might as well have a civil war at that point because that's usually what it leads to. People start dying. Congratulations. All of you folks out there who want to destroy the First Amendment to the United States, that's your that's what you're going to lead this country to if you continue. So I would suggest that, you know, we all kind of remind our fellow citizens of this and, and, and try to get them to appreciate the Constitution in our time and that it protects not only us, but it protects them and everybody else. That's the whole point. I mean, it doesn't so much as protect us as it reminds us what's important. The Constitution can't protect us. It can't. It's just a paper document. We're supposed to protect each other. And how we do that is to be reminded what our responsibilities are. And our responsibilities are talked about in a thing called the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. Two very different documents, but they each serve a purpose. And I appreciate both of those documents. I really do. I adore the Constitution of the United States of America. I like the First Amendment. I really do. I think the First Amendment is critical. And you have no concept, some folks out there, I know a lot of you folks do because you're very well educated and you really pay attention, especially you folks international to the United States. That is to say, you folks in different countries than the United States. Because a lot of you don't have the First Amendment. You don't have anything like it. And you can't say what you want to say. Because it's going to be called, what, hate speech, and then you're going to be prosecuted, thrown in jail, blah, 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 blah. And you don't have to look very far to see an example of that. All you got to do is drive across the border. Hop in, if you live in the United States, hop in your car and drive across the border. And you'll find a place where you can't speak freely. I'm not joking. And again, if anybody from up there wants to, wants to leave a review on the podcast and try to set me straight, feel free to do so. Knock yourself out. But something tells me you're not going to be able to correct me on this one. I hate to say it. And I, I don't like to go after other countries very directly about this kind of thing, but sometimes you just have to. And I'm not going to criticize the people up there. I'm just going to say that, you know, it's very easy for a country 
to deviate from freedom and liberty. And once you do that, it, it doesn't take very long at all for you to find yourself so far askew from freedom and liberty, you can't even see it anymore. You don't even remember what it's like. I mean, it's kind of like the principle of, you know, you launch a rocket into space, right? And you have a particular target in mind. Let's say it's the, let's say it's the moon, or uh, heck, let's say it's Mars, because that's further away. It'll make the example a little bit more clear. You have to aim that rocket in a very specific direction, and you have to be very precise about where... The, I mean, people really don't understand the math that goes into this and how precise you have to be about launching that rocket. Because if you're just a, just a couple of degrees off, if you're like two degrees off when you launch that rocket, by the time you get to where Mars is supposed to be or where you think it's going to be, you're going to be so far off from, from Mars... You're not going to be two degrees off, because if you're two degrees off at launch and you continue on that track, you may not even be able to see Mars from wherever it is that you end up. You're just going to end up in deep space and you're going to go nowhere, except further out into deep space and you're going to die. It's the same kind of thing with a country. Once you get a couple of degrees off from freedom and liberty, all you got to do is just keep driving in that direction. And eventually you get to a point where you can't even see freedom and liberty anymore. You don't even remember what it was like. And you can't find it anymore. It's gone. And you're just adrift in deep space. And you can't find your way back. How often has a country done that in the history of the world? Oh, gee, I don't know. Almost every country in the history of the world has done that. So when you attack the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Third Amendment, the Eighth Amendment, etc., 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 and you attack the core of the Constitution itself, and we're going to talk more about that as we when we get to those episodes where we actually talk about the Constitution. I'm going to talk a lot about that. But when these things continually get attacked and attacked and attacked, and we get further and further away from those amendments, the Bill of Rights for crying out loud, this, this, that thing used to be sacrosanct. You don't touch that. You don't even think about touching that. It was so valuable, so fragile, and so important, and so core to what it was like to be an American. Not anymore. Well, it is to be an American. The problem is we have a lot of people running around in this country who are not American, like I described earlier. And again, that's got nothing to do with whether you were born here or not. There's people who were not born here that are more American than people who go back 10 generations deep in this country. And that's the God's honest truth. And they're not hard to find. I tell you what, some of the some, some of the immigrants to this country, not all of them, not even close, but some of them are some of the best Americans you'll ever see and ever meet. Some of the strongest Americans you'll ever meet because they know because they probably came from someplace that was hell on earth. And they came here and realized that this this place is like the promised land. It's like a gift from the heavens. And they don't dare attack the Constitution and the Bill of Rights because they know how valuable it is. But, you know, people here in the United States, again, have gotten, uh, not everybody, again, don't misunderstand me, but a lot of people in the United States have gotten fat, lazy, and comfortable, and so they attack the First Amendment. They don't appreciate it. They attack the Second Amendment. They don't appreciate it, etc., etc., so no, the Constitution is not appreciated in our time, but boy, sh it should be. Like I said, it used to be sacred, the Bill of Rights especially. Sacrosanct. You don't touch that. You don't dare, don't you dare mess with my First Amendment. That used to be the, the rallying cry in this country. But now, it's under attack. Why? Fat and lazy, comfortable. I mean, getting comfortable has consequences. Anybody who's ever served in the military will tell you that, especially overseas. You know, they know how comfortable people are in this country because they've, they've been to places where... Yeah, they're not comfortable, and people, generally speaking, are not too comfortable. And they understand that, that people here in the United States live in a very, very different world a lot of times, especially those people who live in the suburbs, you know, kind of grew up in the suburbs, silver spoon in their mouth kind of thing. It's just a different life than, than the lives that some other Americans live, and it's certainly some other folks around the world. 
And when you when you live that kind of a life and you don't study history especially, then you then you really become very you become almost reckless in your approach to problem solving in the world and you begin to take for granted the first amendment, the second amendment, etc. And I don't really know how exactly you fix that except to educate people on history. Now, and that's our responsibility, isn't it? That kind of gets back to the purpose of this podcast. That's my responsibility. It's your responsibility. It's all of our responsibility to help educate people to the extent possible. There's only so many people that you have within your reach, you know, your friends, your family, your kids, your parents, whoever. But talk about it. Talk about why the First Amendment is important to you. And if you see it under attack, mention it to somebody. Say, hey, you know, I was reading an article the other day that people think that certain speech should be silenced, and I totally disagree with that, because the First Amendment is really all about free speech. And there's a reason for it. It's it take you got to take the good with the bad. And talk about it. Get it out there. Put it out there in the world. Put that energy out there in the world about supporting the Bill of Rights, those things that help articulate the freedom that we're supposed to have. You know, or if somebody, you know, tries to... Uh, tries to Attack the Eighth Amendment, cruel and unusual punishment, excessive fines and penalties, etc. Talk about it. Say, hey, I read an article the other day that, you know, there's this one particular penalty for this particular crime, and I think that's excessive. I think it's a violation of the Eighth Amendment, and this is why. And the Eighth Amendment is sacred. You shouldn't touch that. You shouldn't attack that. It has to be defended. I think we solved some of this problem by education and by talking about it. we got to get back to talking about it again, because we've been we've been quiet about it for so long. Some of us have. I, 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 I feel like for a time I was quiet about it when I was when I was a younger man, uh, when I was, um, you know, in my teen years, in my 20s, probably kind of goes with the territory of being young and stupid. And yes, I was I was young and stupid once upon a time, even though I've been I've been studying history most of my life, even going back to when I was barely out of single digits. I was I had a, I had a firm appreciation for history. But even me, uh, I was fairly ignorant uh, back in the day. I had to read a lot of books. Had to read a lot of books and spend a lot of time listening to people who are much wiser than me. My great teachers, again, none of which I ever met. I've never met any of my uh, the people that I call my great teachers. I found them in books and in other places. And I had to read a lot of that to, to develop a firm appreciation for where we come from, where we're going, and again, the Constitution Declaration and so on and so forth. So I hope we can get back to that. I hope we can get back to a place where we do appreciate it in this country, in the aggregate, again. And I know that a lot of you folks out there certainly appreciate the Constitution. It's why you're here, so that you can, so that we can get together in this study group and discuss it together. And I'm, I'm glad to have you folks out there. And again, thank you for bearing with me as I go through this project. And this month is, this, this month is really just a dumpster fire as far as me being able to schedule the podcast and everything. It's really chaotic right now. And, uh... I'll, I'll be out of this here before too long, and I'll be back to a place where I can begin cranking out the full episodes and all that stuff, and I, I look forward to it and getting the information back out there to you folks and being able to get the study group going back to the normal schedule again. But again, I wanted to do an episode here, uh, take some time to do that. Logistically, it's very difficult for me to do this episode and to, to do the editing and everything, but I'll, I'll do it and, uh, and, and get it done so that I can have, so again, I'll let you folks know that I'm still alive. I'm still at it. Uh, the podcast is not coming to an end or anything. I'm just going through a particular time right now where I don't have a lot of time to dedicate towards it. So we shall continue to march on. So I hope you found that an interesting discussion, you know, to think back on it. You know, it's 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 interesting to stop and think about it. Is the Constitution or the Declaration really appreciated in our time? I don't think so. But uh, the good news is we can fix it. That's the good news. And it's just going to take it's just going to take a little bit of talking about it and reminding people why it's important. And honestly, it's common sense. I think once you talk to people about it long enough, even people who are attacking the First Amendment, for example, I think they'll get it. I think they'll they'll go, oh yeah, you know what? I think I think you're I think that is right. We do have to take the good with the bad. You know, the first the First Amendment isn't always going to make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. 
That's not the point. There's no such thing as, as getting to a point where we all, the only speech that's out there in the world is speech that you agree with and that makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. It's never going to be that way. It wasn't like that when I was a kid in single digits. It wasn't like that when I was in high school. It wasn't like that when I was at the university. It wasn't like that ever. I, I don't remember a time in my life when freedom of speech meant everything makes you feel warm and fuzzy and you agree with everything that everybody says. It's never going to be that way. And if you think it's going to be that way, you're a delusional lunatic. And I certainly hope you crawl into a cave and never come out. Until you've read enough books that you uh, realize the error of your ways and then you can crawl back out of your cave again and rejoin us in society. And again, I'm not talking to the listeners of this podcast. I'm talking to the drive-by listener who's going to hate me by the time this episode is over. Because I, I know they're out there. There's going to be a drive-by listener who comes in here and, and listens to the uh, listens to the, listens to one episode and then cruises right back out again when they realize this is a this is a podcast about real history. So there we are. You know, hopefully we can get back to a place where the country actually appreciates the First Amendment. I, I really hope so, and all the other amendments too, and, and the Constitution itself, and the Declaration. The Declaration, by the way, it has stuff in there that's not in the Constitution, really. Um, it's just kind of, it's implied, it's kind of built into the structure of the Constitution, but it's not worded in there exactly like it is in the Declaration. But the Declaration is still very valid. It's the genesis of the Constitution. It's the origin point of the Constitution. You can't have a Constitution without the Declaration of Independence. You can't. Not a Constitution like the one we have. They go together. Uh, they were always meant to be joined at the hip. One is meant to inspire the other. That is to say, the Declaration is meant to inspire the Constitution. But don't leave the Declaration in the ash heap. That's the other mistake that people make when I say it's not appreciated in our time. People forget about the Declaration, and they think sometimes only about the Constitution because they think the Declaration is passe. It's, a, it's, it's outdated or something, or it was replaced by the Constitution. That is not true. They are meant to go together. So let's appreciate that. Let's 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 enjoy that. And we do every day. I enjoy it every day. I, uh, you know, I live in a country, I'm blessed enough to live in a country where I get to enjoy the Declaration of Independence, that talk of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that Constitution where, yes, we still do have free speech. And yes, I can say things that make other people upset, that upset their delicate sensibilities, and that's still freedom of speech. And it's still protected under the First Amendment, or at least it should be. And I still live in a country where, where the Eighth Amendment is supposed to guarantee us against excessive fines and penalties, cruel and unusual punishment, etc. And, and amongst, and I benefit from all the other amendments uh, of the Constitution, and so do we all. I'm grateful for that. So let's keep that going. If we, if we, if we continue to allow this to be forgotten and for the Constitution and the Declaration to not be appreciated, eventually it'll just kind of slip away and it'll just be gone. We can't have that. We have to make sure that that doesn't happen. So I want to thank you all for joining me on this episode of the podcast so that we can talk about appreciating the Constitution, the Declaration in our time. And uh, hopefully we can we can move the, the aggregate of society in that direction and make sure that we all appreciate it and we all don't take it for granted and understand that, yes, you know, sometimes these amendments mean, as some, you know, like the First Amendment against somebody's got to say something that we don't like. Yeah, that's normal. That just kind of goes with uh, life, doesn't it? And uh, that doesn't mean that the First Amendment should be thrown over the overboard and gotten rid of. It just means that it, it is what it is. You know, you, like I said, you take the good with the bad. Uh, I hope to see you all here on the next episode of the podcast. I don't know when I'm going to have time to record another one, whether it will be next week or the week after. Uh, I'm going to try my very best to do at least another recording for the next Monday episode. This is going to be mo the Monday episode, by the way, and I'm, I'm hoping to do recording for the next Monday episode yet after that. Uh, it's, it's those middle week episodes, the Thursday episodes that I was doing that are really problematic. 
And heck, last week I didn't even do a I didn't even do a Monday episode. I uh, I uploaded a best of episode. So uh, thank you for your patience uh, with me on that one. Thank you for bearing with me. And with all of that said, this is Roman signing off. Thank you. <laughs>